Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan, and I am joined today by fellow Texan, who now lives in Florida, but I live in Arizona, so it's all good, Caitlin <laughs> Scott. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I love Texans, so this is great. What's not to love about Texas and Texans? We're just awesome. <laughs> it's, it's the pride, you know? It's yeah. like... There is no other pride that comes close to Texans. It's it's just one in the one in its own. When we lived there, uh, there was this promo, this campaign at one point that would talk about how Texas was like its own country. And mm -hmm. I didn't get it when I lived there. But now that we don't live there anymore, and I'm sure you feel the same way, you get it. Like it really is like its own country. It's yeah. <laughs> it is. And now when I see the Texas flag, I'm like so happy i'm like yeah texas <laughs> do the same thing with texas license plates i'm known to stop strangers and ask what part of texas are you from i remember stopping yeah. a child as he was walking to school and i could tell his mom was like what was that strange lady asking you about i'm like where are you from <laughs> he's like uh stranger danger el paso so yes we yep. just have this pride this thing and speaking of pride caitlin what kind of pride do you inject into your speaking? You're a professional speaker among other uh, amazing uh, expertise you have on your resume here. But when it comes to speaking, talk to us about that text. You know what? Talk to us about the Texas pride that comes out in your speaking. Yeah, I think that's actually what has been the most fun for me in speaking is that Growing up in Texas, I was taught to have a lot of pride, to be me, to be, you know, the loud person that I am. I'm not quiet. I'm not reserved. I'm not timid. And I really am able to use that from stage. And I think that's what helps make me comfortable up there is that I know, you know, what you see is what you get. And I'm going to lay it out all on the stage, right? I'm going to talk to you and laugh and have a good time. I'm not up there to be a robot. I'm up there to to inspire, to enlighten, and to have a good time. And I think the whole Texas pride, it just feeds into whatever it is I'm speaking about. Just like right now, like I am stoked, not only to be here, but to be with a fellow Texan, to be talking about it. It's just that pride, the power, the empowerment comes through in your voice. And honestly, that's what's propelled me in speaking was realizing that people are listening to me for me not always because of what I'm saying or what they're learning, but something about me resonates with them. And, and that's why they continue to show up or continue to ask me to speak. So I know what everybody is thinking and you helped with addressing that by talking about making sure your message resonates with the audience. But I know everybody's thinking, <laughs> Everybody's not from Texas and right. I'm not moving to Texas. So what do I do? So for those who are not in Texas or don't plan on relocating there, what do they need to do to make sure they have that pride and to make sure that their messages are resonating with their audiences? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you're totally right. People definitely struggle. I think that stops them from speaking is what if it doesn't resonate? What if, what if, and honestly, you got to get rid of the what if, because it doesn't matter. You have to get on that stage, be unapologetically you in the right people, your people, they will resonate. You won't even know it until you see their face, but they will resonate. And guess what? Those people will keep coming back. So Texan, not Texan, as long as you are unapologetically you, like be you, quirky, strict, funny, whatever you is, and your people will flock to you. And you'll notice that they show up every time to watch you speak, or they ask you to speak every time because they like you. And when they like you, your message probably I would say 99% of the time will resonate one way or the other because they like you. It's not always about the message itself. It's about the combination of the message and you. It's the combination of the message and the messenger. It, 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 that's just how it works. That's how some people are just more likable than others. And you'll have some people who will say, but that person has no substance to him or her. Well, it's just something about that person or right. It's just something about them. Now, I heard you say that you'll see it in people's facial expressions in the audience where you know that they're picking up what you're putting down. You can tell that right. the message is sinking in for them. I know you said get rid of the what ifs, but what if you see a face in that 1% where they're just not feeling you, their arms are crossed, they're frowning, they're eyebrows have completely grown together right what do you do then I think I have a two-step approach to that so y'all might find this interesting and there's the y'all the first y'all um but for me when I'm up there I am so confident in what I'm talking about and I know 100% that I know more about what I'm speaking about than anybody else in that room now maybe I don't but in my own head I do so I gravitate towards the people that are vibing with me. All right. If they're looking at me and they're nodding and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to speak to them because that's only really who I care about. However, <laughs> if I do see somebody who is disengaged, they're just really not interested 100%. I then speak to them a little bit too. And I will look right at them. Now, if you can't see their face or you can't see their eyes, it's a little harder. Um, but what you can do, and once you speak enough, you'll start to realize that sometimes you can shift the conversation 1% and catch that person and bring them in. So I will really focus on who's paying attention and then just, just a little 1% shift to grab that person that may not be interested. Throw a little quirky statement in there that nobody's expecting. And then, you know, just catches people off guard. Now they're listening again. It's a pattern interrupt. That's what advertising is, except for I use it in speaking. So right now, if you weren't paying any attention to me at all, I would do something that was just a little wacky, a little off the wall, and you would question it a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you're paying attention again. Right. Now, what do you typically speak on? What are some of your topics that draws people in or the topics that draw people in and have them paying attention to you? I would say for me, my most like passionate speaking is about inspiration, change, and motivation. 
And that's just because I want people to live their best life, whether you think that is cliche or not. That is what I want for people. So a lot of times I am a challenge status quo queen. I will challenge anything that society says you should do because we don't have to do anything but live and then probably die, right? So- Oh, there's no probably to it. There are two yeah, things you must do so in life. It's actually hey. probably live and for sure die. <laughs> there, there you go. There are two things we must do, pay taxes yeah. and die. <laughs> pay taxes and die, that's perfect. Now, nothing else in my life besides be a good person do I absolutely have to do. So when I get on stage and I start challenging that- you know, straight line thought process. So like for me, I challenge corporate America a lot. I was in corporate America for a long time, loved it, but I was toting the line, you know, just going along. And a lot of people think corporate America is safer. Well, I absolutely think it's safer to own your own destiny and be an entrepreneur. And I will argue and challenge that all day long because my fate's in my hands, not some CEO that doesn't even know my name. So when I start to challenge status quo, it's either going to bring people in or turn people off. And that's exactly what I want to do. You want to, to me, it sounds like Caitlin, you want to be memorable. Absolutely. And that's, I'm not going to say that's number one, but it's at the top of the list when it comes to speaking. You want to be engaging. You want to be impactful. You want the audience to walk away renewed, refreshed with some new ideas or a new take on an old idea. Mm -hmm. You also want to make sure you are memorable. What should people do to ensure they are always memorable when they take to the microphone? Honestly, the you, be polarizing, polarizing one way or the other. I don't care really what your stance is, but be so far that way that people can't forget that that was what your thought was. Now, don't be rude, right? That's not what I'm saying, but you have got, don't sit on the fence, jump over one side or the other. People don't remember people that are sitting on the fence. They don't. They don't. You cannot be middle of the road. You cannot sit on the fence. Now, can you have an idea about a concept that's just as old as the wheel or just as old as dirt? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But have such a strong and passionate stance on that old as dirt concept, that old as dirt theory, until people will remember you days, weeks, months, years later after that presentation is done. Absolutely. It's not about always about the concept. It's about how you present the concept. Yeah. So that is why people remember you. So if I am talking about whether I think randomly, this popped in my head, whether the newspaper is still relevant or not, okay? Is the newspaper still relevant? If you're like, meh, maybe, nobody's remembering that. But if you take one stance, one way or the other, on one side or the other, and you are polarizing with your speech, they will remember. You know what, Caitlin, she would have put her life on the fact that the newspaper still produces more viewership than TV or internet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 
and and in being polarizing you have to give them the why you mm. cannot just make a statement you cannot just make this strong assertion this hair raising <laughs> assertion and then not give anybody any rationale the number one reason adults will listen to you is they know why they should listen to you they know mm -hmm. your why behind the stance you are taking caitlin scott has taken all kinds of stances including in thrive global and in authority magazine where she's a featured online entrepreneur who helps women challenge the status quo and grow hyper profitable purpose-driven online businesses. Caitlin was recently featured in two top tier magazines due to her ability to stay consistent and dominant in the online space through the COVID-19 pandemic. This tenacity was built through graduating magna cum laude from Texas A&M University and spending eight years climbing the corporate ladder as a female in a male dominated industry. And then finally taking a leap of faith to pave her own path for her life, which she fills with travel and freedom. After having failed her first online business, she came back to build not one, not two, but three more successful programs by the age, the ripe old age of 30. She continues to impact women in business every single day through her mentorship programs and through her speaking engagements. With your speaking engagements, Caitlin, I want you to think back to one of your first presentations. What was the worst part about that presentation? And what was the best part about it? Oh, gosh. I want to go back to graduating college and getting, you know, a good job, right? Here we go, challenge status quo, but a good job with a huge company that I'm a 22-year-old just graduated female and I am walking into, you know, the world of farmers and machinery. And they asked me to speak. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. I love speaking, right? I've always loved speaking. At that point though, I did not have any like preparation. I didn't do anything. I just didn't really know what to do. So I just winged it. And I stuttered I think I went back and counted maybe 22 times in that first off live speech in a room of about 500 people. I stuttered, I think I counted 22 times <laughs> because I didn't know what to do. I was just talking, right? And I didn't really notice during it. I noticed afterwards when I saw the video that I could not get a full word out edgewise. Like I could not make my math work. And I loved it though, because people were engaged and it didn't matter if I was stuttering or whatever the case was, the message, okay. The message of the speech was what do you plan to do in the next 10 years to make waves at this company? That's what they were asking me about. What do you plan to do as a 22 year old graduate coming into, you know, a pretty prestigious position what do you plan to do to make waves? And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> didn't even know what to say. But what I loved about it was even though I was stuttering, not, I'm sure not talking clearly, people were engaged and I could see it in their eyes that they were listening. And I think that's that moment right there really sparked my love for speaking. Cause I was seeing, okay, maybe my engagement wasn't 
the best. People weren't really getting a whole lot out of it, but they were listening to me. And I thought, okay, if I just spoke that terribly and they were still eye to eye with me, I can impact a whole lot of people like this. And that's really what kind of got me into going for eight years around the U.S. for John Deere speaking and consulting. Oh, my gosh. Get out. You took me back to one of my first speaking engagements. It was back in 2001. And I want to say it was at a criminal justice conference. Well, I know it was at a criminal justice conference in I believe it was San Antonio, Texas. Hmm. And I remember I had practiced. I was ready. It was a breakout session at this conference. And the one thing that was totally awful in that presentation was I had this pen and I I just kept gesturing with it and motioning with (laughs) it. and, And I don't know what in the world that was all about. And to this day, I have not forgotten about that. And I make sure there is not a pen within a five mile radius presentation because I thought if I was sitting out in that audience, all I would be able to do was just watch the bouncing pen. That's Mm -hmm. all I would pay attention to. Are they even listening? Were they even listening to me with that pen? At any rate, that was, uh, I'll just never forget that. But if we've been speaking for any amount of time, there's been hiccups and things and saying, you know, 18 times or, you know, you know, whatever the thing is. And one thing I realized as I kept speaking and I kept speaking was that you can't stop your personality from coming out. Don't be so put together that people don't get the real you because that's boring and nobody wants to listen to boring. You were talking about the you knows Mm -hmm. or my thing and I'll tell you everybody what that thing is, is now. I use now, I start now with more sentences than I can count. So like Caitlin said, everybody, we all have a thing. And what those are called are verbal segregators or filler words. We've all heard of that one before. Filler words can be, you know, right, like, for me, now, for others, um, so, so, uh. down the line. And I know you're thinking, okay, Bridget, I get it. I get it. I get it. How do you fix it? Here's how. First off, recognize, identify if you use any of those. And that's easy. Just record one of your presentations and listen to it. Or ask someone in the audience, ask a trusted friend, will you listen for those filler words and count them for me, right? (laughs) Count them for me. So recognize that you're actually using them. Identify which ones you are using and going forward, when you feel yourself about to say it, stop and say nothing. That is the fix for the verbal segregators or the filler words is to stop and say nothing. I know that sounds crazy. No, you're exactly right though. Like I just used one. No, I didn't need the no there. It, it's just a thing that our head does. We try and fill space with a word. And you've got to be comfortable with silence, especially speaking from stage. You're spot on. You are spot on 
when it comes to being comfortable with silence because no one really picks up on anything amiss when you pause and say nothing. It can come off as just a little contemplative pause or a moment for what you just said to sink in with the audience. So it's not even a big deal. So get comfortable with that silence is perfectly okay. And I will add this, you don't have to get rid of all of your filler words. Actually to use some sparingly here and there, it makes you sound human. Absolutely, I was just gonna say that. Don't be a robot, so don't get rid of them all. It's like you're inside of my brain, Caitlin, because that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You don't want to sound robotic. No. And I'm not saying, oh, mistakes and hiccups and missteps are good. Too many of them become problematic. But a few of them sparingly interspersed into your communication makes you sound human. Exactly. You're, there is no other way to say that. That is the best way to put it. You don't want to use too many, but you don't want to use zero. There you go. There you go. What are you looking forward to when it comes to speaking engagements, let's say in the next five years or the next 10 years? What has you pumped? What has you excited? Gosh, so much. One, that they're going to be in person again. Two, that this whole entrepreneurial journey every day is so much learning that I know for a fact moving forward that I will have so much knowledge and so much experience to then pass on to my audience. And I think for me, the biggest reason I speak is to inspire, to inspire change. We only have so much time to change, all right? Like we talked about, you're gonna die. We're all gonna die. So we have to do the things we want to do and make the changes we want to make right now. You don't, you can't just keep saying, well, I got time. Well, you don't really, you don't have time. And for me, learning, being in, you know, the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and really learning a lot about myself and what I'm good at and not good at and, and where my weaknesses are and strengths are, I just feel like I bring so much more to the table every single day that I'm engulfed into entrepreneurship because it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I can truly speak about the internal changes that have been made for me, the external changes and what I can help other people with just keeps growing. And so that's what I'm most excited about is that the more I learn the better my talks get, the more talks I can do. And I would speak every day if I could. Every day, I would fly to a new state or city and speak. And that is just, that's what's exciting for me. You, then, said, the, you said the more you learn, the better your talks get. What do you look to? What are some of the, the sources that you use to engage in lifelong learning? Are there books you read, authors you follow, blogs to which you subscribe. How do you make sure that you just stay on top of your game when presenting on the topics about which you're passionate? Part of it is just being in the online business space. You're forced to keep learning because everything is changing so fast. And if you don't pivot, your business will slowly slide down the hill. And so for me, I'm always following 
top-notch players in my industry. Um, because like they say, you know, if the wheel's not broken, don't fix it. I'm not going to go reinvent the wheel. What I am going to do is learn from the people who are doing the best and then replicate that, right? I just read a book the other day and I so can't remember who wrote it, but he said, you know, don't borrow somebody's expertise, steal it. And what he meant by that was don't just borrow it, go learn it inside out and then do it better. And that is what the world is. Nobody is really truly inventing that much anymore. Not in this world. We're all recreating and replicating what's already been done just in a more efficient way. So that's what I tr try to do in online business. Um, and then as far as authors, I, I'm really bad at remembering names, but I would say online, one of the people that inspires me a lot, her name is um, Marie Forleo, and she is an online female entrepreneur that just has, she's just herself. And I follow her because of that. And she has all these marketing ideas and all this strategy, but I really don't follow her for that. I follow her because she's just real. She's funny. She's real. And her podcasts and her blogs and all of that, they just speak to me, right? I'm a no BS type person. Just give me the straight shot. Let's do this. So I just try and follow the top players in my industry because if they get better and I follow them, then I get better. Mm. I think about there's nothing new under the sun as I listen to you. And everybody, I want you to take that concept or we can maybe go out and call it a fact. I want you to take that and wrap your mind around that if that's what's keeping you from getting into speaking or from using your voice because you're thinking, oh, well, everything there is to say about X, and X is what you love, has been said, has been written about, has been put out there. No, not everything, because if you are not speaking on it, then everything about it has not been said. Your perspective has not been heard. Your take on it, your humor that you have to go along with it, your criticism of it, your challenges to it, whatever that is that you love, that you believe strongly in, or that you don't believe strongly in. Right? Mm -hmm. We can think of a couple of topics in the middle of the pandemic. Right, right. Oh yeah. Well, we could be on here for hours. Oh my goodness. So if you've not voiced your perspective on the matter, then everything under the sun has not been said and has not been heard on that topic. So don't let that hold you back. Don't feel like you need to go out there and reinvent some wheel. No, it, it probably wouldn't be round. You probably do a horrible job. At it. Exactly. No, you are so right. It has not been spoken about because it didn't come from you. That's the key. Right. If there was one last tip you would give our listeners for how to make sure they're always getting up there, being powerful, being strong, having that Texas pride, even if they're not from Lone Star State, what would it be, Caitlin? For me, I've, I'm going to pull in this quote that I, that I don't like, and challenging this quote has actually been what has propelled me in a lot of different ways, and it's the fake it till you make it. I do not believe in faking it until you make it. 
because all that does is puts a false sense of positivity on the outside while you're still struggling on the inside. So for me, instead of faking it till I make it, I'm just real until I make it. That's how I approach everything. If I'm going to speak on stage and I am not 100% on the topic, I will only speak on the 100% of the topic that I'm good with. Like, don't fake it to, to please the outside world. Just be real until you make it. And for me and anything you do, whether it's business, speaking, or anything else, authenticity is rare now. And if you can come in, cut through the noise, and be authentic and just be real, you will make it faster than the faker. I promise you. I promise you, you will make it faster because you are being real and true to yourself. And when you do that, you take more daily action, you do the things you need to do and you move faster. When you are real, it's easier to speak to that which you believe. Mm -hmm. when, when you're real, it it's easy to show up. It's easy to have conviction. It's easy to speak on a topic if you're just being real about it. And it's Absolutely. okay if it goes against the grain. It's okay if it's unconventional thought. That's what makes it good. Exactly. It's because not everybody believes it. And if you don't have millions of people following in line, lockstep with your belief, that's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about getting your word out there. And when you talk about disagreeing with that quote of fake it till you make it. I am right there with you, Caitlin, because there is nothing more uncomfortable, I think, than getting on a stage knowing that you're faking it. And, and I, I get there's that. no conviction there. There's it's fake. Like that's all there is to it. It's fake. Right, right. And I get the premise of the saying or the quote or the mantra, whatever we want to call it. I get it where the point is you don't have to be perfect and know everything in order to make it. Okay. Exactly. I'll roll with that. Let's, let's, let's go that route as opposed to having people think that you could just shake and bake and fake and make it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's You're a no. Exactly. Right. It's, it's a, it's a false reality. Um, but there also is a true piece to the statement too, which here we go again, there's a right, wrong, left, right, upside down to everything. So that's a take your stance. Okay. I am very polarizing about the fact that I don't like that statement. Some people love it. I don't care. I don't like it. That's me. That's my opinion. I'm not changing it. Oh my goodness. See, I tell you, I knew this was going to be a good one. Something else you said caught my attention and I fully believe in it, wholeheartedly believe in it. And that's about, and I'm paraphrasing here, that's about knowing 100% about what you plan to cover in that presentation. Mm -hmm. If you decide to speak on only three to five points, issues, concerns, three to five topics in that presentation, then you become an expert on those three topics, those five points. But don't feel like you have to become an expert on everything there is to know about that topic of your presentation. Uh, and, and if someone asks you a question or brings up a concept that's related to what you're speaking on, but that is not specifically 
on which you are speaking. Don't feel like you need to shake and bake and fake it and act like you do know. There's nothing wrong with going back to the agenda saying, my plan is to cover these three points right here. And that's what we're going to do in the time allotted. Let's you and I have a conversation offline or what have you, but show up knowing inside and out the three points that you're going to cover and don't stress about anything else. There's absolutely nothing wrong with just saying, let's you and I get together at some other point and mm -hmm. discuss that further. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the thing that that does, if you do that, first off, it shows much more credibility in your speaking because you are here to address these things and that's what you're going to do. And not that you're not going to go talk to that person offline, but people may have potentially signed up to hear those three things. And that is what you are responsible for telling them. Right. And I have had many conversations, like you just said, but you have to stay confident up there um, or on video or wherever you're speaking really to say, hey, we can actually touch on that later, but I really want to focus on these three things or these five things or whatever it is, um, because you look more credible when you do that first off and you, you don't crush the relationship with that other person. You just say, hey, we're going to put that on the back burner. We'll get back to it. So you're absolutely right. Right. It makes you look credible. Mm -hmm. You allow that person to save face and you stay on the track of giving the audience what it came to get. And that's the responsibility that you have. I liked that word when you used it, responsibility. You have a duty to mm -hmm. those people sitting in front of you. They came to your presentation because whatever material was publicized, marketed about your session beforehand is what drew them in there. And so Absolutely. you need to give them what they came to receive. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Caitlin Scott, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, it's been it's been great. I adore speaking. It's one of my ultimate passions. And I know so many people have so much to say. They just gotta say it. And if, if there's anything that I can ever do to help people get out there and just say what they feel, I'm gonna do that. So I appreciate it. I cannot thank you enough. And I hope that this inspires people to get out there and share their words, share your thoughts and your feelings and your positions. Be polarizing. Everybody, make sure you connect with Caitlin. You hear the passion in her voice where she is adamant about making sure you are getting or voice out there that you are saying what needs to be said. So check the show notes for how to get in touch with Caitlin and I cannot thank you enough. And I cannot thank the listeners enough. Thank you so much, everybody. This is Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you all own the microphone.